0: Hey, good morning. Uh, That one kind of sucked. Yeah, man. It's freaking Wednesday. Listen, it's already midweek. Sun is shining brightly, but it's 21 degrees. This is winter in Pennsylvania, top of the ridge. Let's see, what do we got? I came up, you know, once I hit the rack at night. I'm hitting there, hanging out, just like the rest of us, just like the rest of you, perhaps. I'm hanging out there for a good couple hours from the time that I try to head up early and snuggle into my bed, start watching a podcast or reading something or flipping through social media. Repetitively, hoping to see something new or I don't know what it is some sort of addiction but anyway by the time I friggin lay in the rack I'm up I'm thinking about things stories uh, memories course going off mental checklists of the things that I have to do tomorrow my goals patients coming in school work to get done And for those of you who do not know, I friggin', uh, I teach not only undergraduate anatomy and physiology, now I'm teaching graduate level at the acupuncture school, and I just took on a doctorate course in medical diagnostics. So, busy, and uh, it's quite a bit of work, even though it's, the majority of it is remote, doing a lot of stuff online, trying to make it streamline the process so that I can do my best while simultaneously uh, not taking all fucking day to do this work, you know? I get three hours a week in this particular course, and I feel like I put in six or eight last week over the weekend, so that's not cool, right? Should be relaxing on the weekend. (coughs) Anyway, At night, I consider stories and then things that happened in the past and the people in my life and just try to take stock, just like the rest of us perhaps, of what happened during the day. Was it a good day? How's everybody doing? What's the family up to? And, you know, that I kind of put a plan together for the future. So, I was thinking last night I came up with a couple stories. But first of all, let me back up. I had a... Cat dissection yesterday. So we've been doing that. This is going to be our second week doing this. And it goes one of two ways, typically. Either these students are freaking shocked and awed that they're going to have to uh, dissect, cut open their childhood pet uh, or they're the type that just loves to scrub in and God, they're pursuing the medical or uh, nursing profession because they like to, the action and to get dirty and all that stuff. And I'm going to tell you, there's some folks in each camp, but yesterday was one for the books, man. Uh, so on week one, last week, we skinned the cat. We you know, started to get in, reveal some of the superficial muscles, which are essentially the testable structures for this uh, first test, and then yesterday, we went in there, they're all looking to get into the body cavities, and the guts, and all that stuff, so, so I let them at it, and I'll tell you, the enthusiasm, and the, <clears throat> I don't know, they're just freaking, some of them got in there, they're opening up the guts, opening up the freaking butts, all right, Cutting open the stomach, to see what's going on there. Got a little cat food in there. Cut the thing's head off. Try to get at its brain. So they're breaking out all kinds of funky tools and trying to trying to get in that brain case, the calivarium of this cat, or the catavarium. It was kind of disgusting, but at the same time, it was inspiring. After all, these are they're their lab fees you should put them to use, but it was it was quite interesting, the dichotomy, like the you got one side that the last thing that they want to do is to dissect the cat, or get dirty, or smell it, and others are cutting the cat's head off, I had one, one student, she skinned the cat's tail all the way off, so you could see the little uh, connective tissues, and Skin and a little bit of muscle and even the blood vessels of the cat's tail. <laughs> I'm going to post an image of that that's pretty remarkable so that was that was interesting that was amusing to me and we're done with the cats now. We're going working on our first exam in a couple of weeks so we're looking good. So the stories that I was um, I was considering. Let just pull that up. Hold on, your fucking sun is right in my goddamn eyes. Pupillary constriction. Okay, I have a, a storyline that's called Gaming the Mundane. I used the term in a post that I made on Facebook last night. It's about art, okay? I'm big into art. Now, I don't do it as often as I would like. Uh, formally, right? So, you know, I carve wood. Well, it's freaking 21 degrees. I'm not you're looking to get frostbite or anything like that out there. I have to bundle up like a damn Ralphie's brother from a Christmas story to, in order to get anything done. I can't do it inside the current time. So, <clears throat> I haven't been carving, but I try to pursue life as though it's art. And there's a lot of people who they, um, they they'll say, oh, I can never do that, oh, I'm not artsy, oh, I can, and I think that that is a cop-out, and it's bullshit, man, I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but this, this is a particular, like, article talking about how, um, you know, that phenomenon, people feel like they're not good at art, but we, it's not something that, you don't have to be Van Gogh, man, you just gotta make things, you gotta innovate, you gotta, Smile when you feel like frowning and you got to, you know, be creative, play a little bit is really what art is. It's play for most of us. And if you can play to the point where you can create beautiful things in other people's eyes, well, then your art is worth something. Think about all of the famous sculptures and frescoes and paintings and all that shit. All the names, I mentioned Van Gogh, there's Degas, there's Klimt, there's Michelangelo. Of course, all the various writers throughout history, that's a type of art, musicians. It's like, you don't like art? Okay, I guess you don't listen to music. It's art. Do you like to sing along? Do you appreciate the lyrics? That's art. It's play. And so... Trying to press impress upon my daughter this morning, she and I mentioned that she despises school, same people, same teacher, who she doesn't like. All these things that she really doesn't look forward to. She really appears to not enjoy school. And I told her, you know, I was showing her some works of art that I want her to help me with around the office and at home, things that I, uh, you know, I think she'd be great at. In fact, I asked her to. Paint up this this tin flower that I bought at Tractor Supply last spring. You stick it in the ground. It's a nice little tin flower. It's but it faded. It got beat up in the in the weather. So there's no color. It was just like silver metal. So inside of a freaking I don't know a half hour, she painted it really nice and blue, and wanted to make it the same color as the office, which we got a lot of blues around the office. So she she did that. And so my point to her would be there's a lot of art out there waiting for you to to discover it. Waiting for you to go to work and make play out of work. (coughs) You know, make some warmth out of this frigid, cold Wednesday. And, you know, otherwise try to enjoy yourself in life. You gotta do that, man. Uh, Of course... I had an issue with Sam yesterday too, he, my boy, you know, he's all socially adjusted, he's friggin', he seems to enjoy school, but he dropped the ball on his weekend homework, and it was a long weekend, Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday, so he had a three-day weekend, and he didn't do this important thing, and so Mandy is sitting on the ground after she's been at school, she's sitting on the carpet at the foot of the sofa, with him, you know, doing his work, helping him, because she got an email from the school saying that, you know, he didn't do whatever, his project, and so I'm trying to impress upon him how to make art, you know, how to make lemonade out of lemons as well, and the, the notion of preparation, which my Lily doesn't have any problems with, she's always organized and knows what's going on. <coughs> Although she did lose her lunchbox somehow. Um, try to impress upon our offspring, the people in our lives, that it pays off to structure, organize, plan. And even though the best laid plans may not pan out. Man, you gotta freaking. You got to see some of these obstacles coming in your life, and you got to try to dig yourself out, or lay some sort of framework, structure, something to help you um, survive and make it through the day without having the teacher calling your mom. Or there's all kinds of obstacles. There's those that we foresee, and those that we cannot foresee. The unforeseen, and and they're going to come. There's not a whole lot we can do about them. It twists and turns along the way, the path of life. I'm rolling. I guess I paused my recorder. I was running my mouth for the last five minutes and and none of it was recording. I'm sorry. So some stories I'm thinking about. I was talking about my daughter. Uh trying to, the, the 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 title is, it could be of a book or a short story or certainly a life lesson, and that is Gaming the Mundane, because I got kids, I got friends, I got family, myself, <clears throat> my patients, my students, you know, life is, is tough, man, there are twists and turns along the path, it's a journey, we got to try to enjoy that journey, right, and so the mundane, I guess you defined it Define mon- the mundane as the usual, the norm, the things that uh, the necessities of life, uh, the day to day responsibilities and struggles and dreams and all that stuff. Maybe not dreams, but the usual, right? That's our setting, is the mundane. Right, driving down Friggin' Allentown Road, hitting some traffic, sun in my eyes on a Wednesday heading to the office. That's the mundane. Getting in the office, turning on the heat, getting the towels ready, checking my messages, that's the mundane. And yeah, it's not fun, man. It's not fun, but it's, it's necessary. It's part of my life. And if I want to be successful in life, I have to make sure that I do all these things so that I can meet the expectations of my family, of my my clients, my patients, right, my students, to be ready, because, you know, we have jobs to do, we have goals to realize, we have people counting on us, and part of life is empathizing and trying to, a big part of life is empathizing and trying to help people using the tools and the gifts that you possess. And so, I'm trying to impress upon my kids that this is the way it is, man, that, like, To show them, to demonstrate that there's things that you got to do. Little sip of water there. Things that we got to do, because others depend upon us, you know. And if we do all the things that are right, if we if we operate with integrity, if we do what we say we're going to do, people are going to be or greet us warmly they're going to come to depend upon us and believe in us and they're going to care about us and return the favor, help us maybe. They're going to buy our products and services. They're going to feel secure, our families, our friends, our students, our patients are going to feel secure because we have our shit together. <laughs> now the downside of this is that you can have your shit together to the to your detriment. In other words, <laughs> you can make such a game out of the mundane that you're not just kind of, uh, managing to survive and thrive. Now you're kind of like too focused on all these little details, the things that you feel matter, which they do, but they're not fun. They're not, it's not producing art. It's not, tr- not producing, um, it's, it's not a, a joy ride life can be quite serious, particularly if we let it be serious. So to me, the balance is between, you know, having my freaking clothes out, having my, my school work done, my grading, my teaching, my, uh, office is warm for my first patients of the day. And we got a nice frigging soundtrack on and checks are being deposited and people are being helped and so on and so forth. That is these are necessities. Now, what do I want to do? I am looking forward to going home on my lunch hour, having my sandwich, and sitting with my dog in complete quiet, and looking at my phone and catching up until i got to come going for the evening, in which case I'm going to bust my ass all night, see as many patients as I can, help everybody, I'm going to end the day with a massage and an adjustment for Barb Surrey. So gaming the mundane is the concept, and I think it would be a great self-help book premise where, you know, interesting strategies and stories that will help us navigate our way through life with a smile on our face. Keeping it interesting, finding ways to make the friggin' mundane, the vanilla, the uh, least desirable... Responsibilities that we have, but necessities nonetheless. How to enjoy the journey. Gaming the mundane. Second storyline is uh, called The Plunge. And I haven't formulated it completely, but I just remember a time, I believe it was uh, the late 90s, early aughts, and I went up to mountains, the Catskills, where I spent a lot of time growing up, vacationing and stuff, and um, went up there with some college friends. Me and my buddy Rosie, we found this um, place along the creek, or a river actually, I think it was the Susquehanna River, Delaware River, one of the tributaries that that empties from the big reservoirs up there, and these reservoirs, like the Downsville Reservoir, or the Peapacton Reservoir, and the Downsville Reservoir, I think. Um, I forget the name of the other reservoir, but they're huge bodies of water that actually are the water source for New York City. Services New York City. That's the aquifer that that is tapped into to uh, nourish everyone in the valley, right? So, water's clean, water's got a bunch of fish, water's beautiful. And the water is cold. When they empty, every once in a while, they'll, they'll uh, let some of the water, depending upon rainfall, let some of the water from the reservoirs out. <clears throat> or maybe there's a dam that allows a bit of it to slowly um, seep out constantly. In any case, we found this part of the river, or of a, of a creek or a river, and it was real, pretty deep and running pretty fast, and it was really cold. And we swam across that river. It was maybe the thickness of a standard road here. I'm, I'm on a two-lane local road with a double line in the in the middle, and just one lane on each side coming and going. Right, it's like that wide. And we knew that the water was cold because we waded up to about our shins, and then we're like, let's do it. So we, we swam across that. River and I've never felt. And this is the summertime. I've never felt water that cold in my life. That will that will wake you up. That's refreshing. That's Wim Hof sort of cold meditation stuff. And so, taking the plunge, <clears throat> being daring, understanding the risks, understanding the potential reward. I mean, uh, wading into that water and then finally crashing and diving into the into the creek and swimming as fast as possible across the cold and the purity of that water. Uh, you know, the the assumption of the purity of that water just felt like something out of a, of a commercial. Somebody, you know, like a Mountain Dew commercial where you're good, clean, fun swimming or doing backflips off a dock into a Beautiful lake or something like that. But that's what it felt like, and it was exhilarating. It left me, left us feeling alive, and and nobody else did it, so we felt like studs, and <clears throat> we took the plunge. The Story were just was nice to remind. Was a nice reminder of friendship and adventure, and uh, we're talking about going on another adventure like that out out in the high desert. My friend Jim and I. So, taking the plunge. Listen, metaphorically, we take the plunge every day. We have the opportunity to do that. We could sit home on the couch, or I could beat our meat, look at our phones, and, you know, endure the mundane, or we could start, we could try to plan adventures into our lives whatever that means, you know, it could be an outdoor adventure, which is what Rosie and I are going to go on. And I got to take that plunge. I have to, because I said that, you know, for more than a year now, I've been planning on going out to Utah for a hiking trip for a trip. It was going to be with the family and my Marine buddy and his girlfriend and and my buddy Rosie. Uh, He lives out there in that in those parts so we're all going to link up and have a great little you know outdoor experience at the uh, nice time of year for it because the place gets mobbed utah and the and those parks out there get mobbed in the summer so it might be a little bit less congested i figured in april and of course there's all kinds of the mundane Freaking responsibilities and shit that I gotta do before I can go out there and think and plays that I need to read, all right? Because I've got the aforementioned teaching in my office and what is the holiday? Look at the Easter holiday and what when the the kids when the, when are the kids off and what is my schedule for um, my scholastics and all that shit? There's a million. Uh, taking the plunge is akin to balancing a million of these little details and getting to the point where I can justify stealing away for a week or, you know, four or five days or something like that to do something that's going to fulfill me and, you know, spark a flame of enthusiasm for life and nature and um, create more stories to experience. So this week and this weekend, I'm trying to, trying to read the plays on this trip and my taking the plunge, getting out there, realizing this journey while simultaneously managing all of the, the other day-to-day items that I have to get out of the way before I can play. And I can go full circle and talk about gaming the mundane I need to step out of the, the only thing is I'm really good at like the day of or the week of, I know what's going on this week, but I'm not looking at the calendar. I'm not the type who's like, all right, well, well, next weekend we have this going on. Well, all right, tell me when we're a couple days out. That's just when I perform my best. Not that I'm unaware of these things. On some level, I'll know that we have this, whatever, family commitment or I've got this deadline for something in a month away, but I'm best, and I think maybe most people are best inside of a week planning things. So I need to look at my fucking calendar, z, plural, and put a plan together and move some things out of my way and just know that everything's gonna be okay so that I can steal away and spend some time with a good friend. And I think it would be therapeutic for for all. So there's just two uh, ramblings. ramblings about two stories that I came up with, gaming the mundane and taking the plunge. They're based upon some uh, you know their potential stories that I could write on each, and I guess I just did spoken word. <clears throat> if I can edit them out a little bit and extract the best the best philosophy from that. I think it would be a pretty cool, um, both of them make good stories and good philosophies, uh, lessons to teach. And so here I am, gaming the mundane as I turn onto the back roads and weave through my community here in Lansdale where I've been functioning, operating my practice for 15 years or more now. And I got a good day ahead of me. I help a lot of people, put some smiles on some faces, put some, uh, get some people moving better on a cold day. Warm them up, play some instruments, laugh. That's what I do, you know. So I am about to arrive. And get on in there and strategize for my day and my week, and uh, gaining the mundane. Taking that plunge. Everybody, have a great day. I will talk to you uh, later on. Hey, good morning. Uh, That one kind of sucked. Yeah, man. It's freaking Wednesday. Listen, it's already midweek. Sun is shining brightly, but it's 21 degrees. This is winter in Pennsylvania, top of the ridge. <clears throat> Let's see, what do we got? I came up, you know, once I hit the rack at night, I'm hitting there, hanging out, just like the rest of us, like the rest of you, perhaps. I'm hanging out there for a good couple hours, but from the time that I try to head up early and snuggle into my bed start watching a podcast, or reading something, or flipping through social media, repetitively hoping to see something new, or I don't know what it is, some sort of addiction, but anyway, by the time I friggin' lay in the rack, I'm up, I'm thinking about things, stories, uh, memories, course going off mental checklists of the things that I have to do tomorrow, my goals, patients coming in, school work to get done, and for those of you who do not know, I friggin', uh, I teach not only undergraduate anatomy and physiology, now I'm teaching graduate level at the acupuncture school, and I just took on a doctorate course in medical diagnostics. So, busy, and uh, it's quite a bit of work, even though the majority of it is remote, doing a lot of stuff online, trying to make it, streamline the process so that I can do my best while simultaneously uh, not taking all fucking day to do this work, you know? I get three hours a week in this particular course, and I feel like I put in six or eight last week over the weekend, so that's not cool, right? Should be relaxing on the weekend. Anyway, at night, I consider stories and then things that happened in the past and the people in my life and just try to take stock, just like the rest of us, perhaps, of what happened during the day. Was it a good day? How's everybody doing? What's the family? Up to, and you know, that I kind of put a plan together for the future. So, I was thinking last night, I came up with a couple stories. Well, first of all, let me back up. I had a cat dissection yesterday, so we've been doing that. This is going to be our second week doing this, and it goes one of two ways typically either the students are freaking shocked and awed that they're going to have to uh, dissect, cut open their childhood uh, pet or they're the type that just loves to scrub in and and they're pursuing the medical or uh, nursing profession because they like to the action and to get dirty and all that stuff and I'm going to tell you there's some folks in each camp but Yesterday was one for the books, man. Uh, So on week one, last week, we skinned the cat, we, you know, started to get in, reveal some of the superficial muscles, which are essentially the testable structures for this uh, first test. And then yesterday, we went in there, they're all looking to get into the body cavities and the guts and all that stuff. So, so I let them at it. And I'll tell you, the enthusiasm and the... I don't know. They're just freaking... Some of them got in there. They're opening up the guts, opening up the freaking butts, right? Cutting open the stomach to see what's going on there. Got a little cat food in there. Cut the thing's head off. Try to get at its brain so they're breaking out all kinds of funky tools and trying to trying to get in that brain case, the calivarium of this cat, or the catavarium. it was kind of disgusting, but at the same time, it was inspiring, after all, these are, are their lab fees, they should put them to use, but it was, it was quite interesting, the dichotomy, like the, you got one side that the last thing that they want to do is to dissect the cat, or get dirty, or smell it, and others are cutting the cat's head off. I had one, one student, she skinned the cat's tail all the way off so you could see the little <clears throat> connective tissues and skin and a little bit of muscle and even the blood vessels of the cat's tail. I'm going to post an image of that. That's pretty remarkable. So that was that was interesting. That was amusing to me. And we're done with the cats now. We're working on our first exam in a couple weeks, so we're looking good. So the stories that I was um I was considering. Let me just pull that up. Hold on, your fucking sun is right in my goddamn eyes. Pupillary constriction. Okay. I have a. Uh, a storyline that's called Gaming the Mundane. I used the term in a post that I made on Facebook last night. It's about art, okay? I'm big into art. Now, I don't do it as often as I would like Um, eh, formally, right? So, you know, I carve wood. Well, it's freaking 21 degrees. I'm not looking to get frostbite or anything like that out there. I have to bundle up like a damn Ralphie's brother from A Christmas Story in order to get anything done. I can't do it inside. The current time, so <clears throat> I haven't been carving, but I try to pursue life as though it's art, and there's a lot of people who, they, um, they'll say, oh, I can never do that, oh, I'm not artsy, oh, I can, and I think that that is a cop-out, and it's bullshit, man, I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but this this is a particular, like, articles talking about how... Um, you know, that phenomenon, people feel like they're not good at art, but we, it's not something that you don't have to be Van Gogh, man. You just got to make things. You got to innovate. You got to smile when you feel like frowning and you got to, you know, be creative, play a little bit is really what art is. It's play for most of us. And if you can play to the point where you can create beautiful things in other people's eyes, well, then your art is worth something. Think about all of the famous sculptures and frescoes and paintings and all that shit. <coughs> all the names. I mentioned Van Gogh. There's Degas. There's Klimt. There's Michelangelo. Well, of course, all the various writers throughout history. That's a type of art. Musicians. It's like, you don't like art? Okay, I guess you don't listen to music. It's art you like to sing along? Do you appreciate the lyrics? That's art. It's play, and so trying to press uh, impress upon my daughter this morning, she and I mentioned that she despises school, same people, same teacher, who she doesn't like. All these things that she really doesn't look forward to. She really appears to not enjoy school, and I told her, and you know, I was showing her some. Works of art that I want her to help me with around the office and at home, things that I, uh, you know, I think she'd be great at. In fact, I asked her to paint up this this tin flower that I bought at Tractor Supply last spring, you stick in the ground. It's a nice little tin flower. It's, but it faded. It got beat up in the in the weather, so there's no color. It was just like silver metal. So inside of freaking. I don't know, a half hour? She painted it really nice and blue and wanted to make it the same color as the office, which we got a lot of blues around the office. So she she did that. And so my point to her would be there's a lot of art out there waiting for you to, to discover it, waiting for you to go to work and make play out of work. <coughs> you know, make some warmth out of this frigid cold Wednesday. And, you know, otherwise try to enjoy yourself in life. You got to do that, man. Uh, Of course, I had an issue with Sam yesterday, too. He, my boy, you know, he's all socially adjusted. He's friggin', he seems to enjoy school, but he dropped the ball on his weekend homework. And it was a long weekend, Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday. So he had a three-day weekend. And he didn't do this important thing. And so Mandy is sitting on the ground after she's been at school. She's sitting on the carpet at the foot of the sofa with him, you know, doing his work, helping him. Because she got an email from the school saying that, you know, he didn't do whatever, this project. And so I'm trying to impress upon him how to make art, you know how to make lemonade out of lemons as well. And the the notion of preparation, which my Lily doesn't have any problems with. She's always organized and knows what's going on. <clears throat> Although she did lose her lunchbox somehow. Um, Trying to impress upon our offspring, the people in our lives, that it pays off to structure, organize, plan, and even though the best laid plans may not pan out, man, you gotta freaking, nat- you gotta see some of these obstacles coming in your life, and you gotta try to dig yourself out, or lay some sort of framework or structure, something to help you um, survive, and make it through the day without having teacher calling your mom, or there's all kinds of obstacles. There's those that we foresee and those that we cannot foresee, the unforeseen, and and they're going to come, and there's not a whole lot we can do about them, twists and turns along the way, the path of life. As I paused my recorder, I was running my mouth for the last five minutes, and and none of it was recording, I'm sorry, so, some stories I'm thinking about, I was talking about my daughter, uh, trying to, the, 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 the title is, it could be of a book, or a short story, or certainly a life lesson, and that is, Gaming the Mundane, because I got kids, I got friends, I got family, myself, <clears throat> my patients, my students, you know, Life is is tough, man, There are twists and turns along the path, it's a journey, we gotta try to enjoy that journey, right? And so the mundane, I guess you defined it, define the mundane as the usual, the norm, the things that, uh, the necessities of life, uh, the day to day, uh, responsibilities and struggles and dreams and all that stuff, maybe not dreams, but the usual, right? that's our setting, is the mundane, All right, driving down friggin' Allentown Road, hitting some traffic, sun in my eyes on a Wednesday, heading to the office, that's the mundane, getting in the office, turning on the heat, getting the towels ready, checking my messages, that's the mundane, and yeah, it's not fun, man, it's not fun, but it's, it's necessary, it's part of my life, and if I want to be successful in life, I have to make sure that I do all these things so that I can meet the expectations of my family, of my, my clients, my patients, right, my students, to be ready because, you know, we have jobs to do. We have goals to realize. We have people counting on us. And part of life is empathizing and trying to, a big part of life is empathizing and trying to help people using the tools and the gifts that you possess. And so, I'm trying to impress upon my kids that this is the way it is, man. That Like, to show them, to demonstrate that there's things that you gotta do. A little sip of water there. Things that we gotta do, because others depend upon us. You know, and if we do all the things that are right, if we, if we operate with integrity... If we do what we say we're going to do, people are going to be, or greet us warmly, they're going to come to depend upon us and believe in us, and they're going to care about us and return the favor, help us maybe, they're going to buy our products and services, they're going to feel secure, our families, our friends, our students, our patients are going to feel secure because we have our shit together. Now the downside of this is that you can have your shit together to the to your detriment. In other words, <clears throat> you can make such a game out of the mundane that you're not just kind of uh, managing to survive and thrive. Now you're kind of like too focused on all these little details, the things that you feel matter, which they do, but they're not fun. They're not. It's not producing art. It's not tr- not producing. Um, it's, it's not a, a joy ride. Life can be quite serious, particularly if we let it be serious. So to me, the balance is between, you know, having my freaking clothes out, having my, my school work done, my grading, my teaching, my uh, office is warm for my first patients of the day, and we got a nice freaking soundtrack on, and checks are being deposited, and people are being helped, and so on and so forth. That is, these are necessities. Now, what do I wanna do? I am looking forward to going home on my lunch hour, having my sandwich, and sitting with my dog in complete quiet, and looking at my phone and catching up until I gotta come going for the evening, in which case I'm gonna bust my ass all night, see as many patients as I can, help everybody. I'm gonna end the day with a massage and an adjustment for Barb Surrey. So, gaming the mundane is the concept, and I think it would be a great self-help book premise where, you know, interesting strategies and stories that will help us navigate our way through life with a smile on our face. Keeping it interesting, finding ways to make the friggin' mundane, the vanilla, the... uh, least desirable responsibilities that we have, but necessities nonetheless, how to enjoy the journey, Gaming the Mundane. second storyline is uh, called The Plunge, and I haven't formulated it completely, but I just remember a time, uh, I believe it was uh, the late 90s, early aughts. And I went up to the mountains, the Catskills, where I spent a lot of time growing up. Vacationing and stuff. And um, Went up there with some college friends. I mean, my buddy Rosie. We found this um, place along the creek, or a river, actually. I think it was the Susquehanna River, or Delaware River. One of the tributaries that that empties from the big reservoirs up there. And these reservoirs like the Downsville Reservoir, or the Peapacton Reservoir, and the Downsville Reservoir, I think, um, I forget the name of the other reservoir, but they're huge bodies of water that actually are the water source for New York City. Services in New York City, that's the aquifer that that is tapped into to uh, nourish everyone in the valley, right? So, water is clean, water's got a bunch of fish, water is beautiful, and the water is cold. When they empty, every once in a while they'll, they'll uh, let some of the water, depending upon rainfall, let some of the water from the reservoirs out. <clears throat> or maybe there's a dam that allows a bit of it to slowly um, seep out constantly. In any case, we found this part of the river, or of, a, of a creek or a river. And it was real pretty deep and running pretty fast and it was really cold. And we swam across that river. It was maybe the thickness of a standard road here. I'm, I'm on a two lane local road with a double line in the, in the middle and just one lane on each side coming and going, right? It's like that wide. And we knew that the water was cold because we waded up to about our shins and then we're like, let's do it. So we, we swam across that river. And I've never felt... This is the summertime. I've never felt water that cold in my life. That, w- that will wake you up. That's refreshing. That's Wim Hof sort of cold meditation stuff. And so taking the plunge. <clears throat> being daring. Understanding the risks. Understanding the potential reward. I mean... Uh, wading into that water and then finally crashing and diving into the into the creek and swimming as fast as possible across the cold and the purity of that water. Uh, you know, the the assumption of the purity of that water just felt like something out of a of a commercial. Somebody you know, like a Mountain Dew commercial where you're good, clean, fun swimming or Doing backflips off a dock into a beautiful lake or something like that. That's what it felt like, and it was exhilarating. It left me, left us feeling alive, and and nobody else did it, so we felt like studs, and <clears throat> we took the plunge. the Story were just was nice to remind, Was a nice reminder of friendship and adventure, and uh, we're talking about going on another adventure like that out out in the high desert friend, Jim and I. So, taking the plunge. Listen, we, metaphorically, we take the plunge every day. We have the opportunity to do that. We could sit home on the couch, or I beat our meat, <clears throat> look at our phones, and you know, endure the mundane, or we could start, we could try to plan adventures into our lives, whatever that means, you know, it could be an outdoor adventure, which is what Rosie and I are going to go on, and I got to take that plunge, I have to, because I said that, you know, for more than a year now, I've been planning on going out to Utah for a hiking trip, for a trip that was going to be with the family, and my marine buddy, and his girlfriend, and and my buddy Rosie, Uh, he lives out there in in those parts, so we're all going to link up and have a great little, you know, outdoor experience at the uh, nice time of year for it, because the place gets mobbed, Utah and and those parks out there get mobbed in the summer, so it might be a little bit less congested, I figured, in April. And of course, there's all kinds of the mundane, freaking responsibilities and shit that I gotta do before I can go out there and think and plays that I need to read, all right? Because I've got the aforementioned teaching in my office, and what is the holiday? Look at the Easter holiday. And what when the the kids? When the, when are the kids off? And what is my schedule for? Um, scholastics and all that shit, there's a million, uh, taking the plunge is akin to balancing a million of these little details and getting to the point where I can justify stealing away for a week or, you know, four or five days or something like that to do something that's going to fulfill me and, you know, spark a flame of enthusiasm for life and nature and create more stories to experience. So this week and this weekend I'm trying to trying to read the plays on this trip and my taking the plunge getting out there realizing this journey while simultaneously managing all of the the other day-to-day items. <clears throat> that I have to get out of the way before I can play and I can go full circle and talk about gaming the mundane I need to step out of the the only thing is I'm really good at like the day of or the week of. I know what's going on this week, but I'm not looking at the calendar. I'm not the type who's like, "All right, well, well next weekend we have this going on." Well, all right, tell me when we're a couple days out. That's just when I perform my best. Not that I'm unaware of these things. On some level I'll know that we have this whatever family commitment or I've got this deadline for something in a month away. But I'm best, and I think maybe most people are best inside of a week planning things. So I need to look at my fucking calendar z plural. And put a plan together and move some things out of my way and just know that everything's gonna be okay so that I can steal away and spend some time with a good friend. And I think it'd be therapeutic for for all. So, there's just two uh, ramblings. Ramblings about two stories that I came up with Gaming the Mundane and Taking the Plunge. They're based upon some, uh, you know, the potential stories that I could write on each, and I guess I just did, spoken word. <clears throat> if I can edit them out a little bit and extract the best the best philosophy from that, I think it would be a pretty cool, um, both of them make good stories and good philosophies, uh, lessons to teach. And so here I am, gaming the mundane as I turn on to the back roads and weave through my community here at Lansdale where I've been functioning operating my practice for 15 years or more now and I got a good day ahead of me I help a lot of people, put some smiles on some faces put some uh, get some people moving better on a cold day warm them up, play some instruments laugh that's what I do you know So I am about to arrive and get on in there and strategize for my day and my week and uh, gaming the mundane and taking that plunge. Everybody have a great day. I will talk to you uh, later on.